people want to believe. We just tell each other, just read the Bible. But what happens when it isn't so easy to understand? This is No God. You were listening to the No God Podcast. I am Micah, and I'm here with my mom and dad, Tony and Sandy. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Good to see you. All right. So what are we discussing today? Well, in vein of our uh, like questions that we're answering, we're going to answer, we're going to talk about assurance, which what we mean by that is assurance that I am right with God, assurance that I'm actually connected to God. And that's really probably part of what wants, that I want us to be guided by is not so much that I'm right with God as if it's like a checkbox, but rather am I connected to God? Now, this question comes in a lot of ways. It comes with some misconceptions that I've got to do all the exact right things in order to be sure that I am right with God or that I've got to know all the right things, Uh, kind of fill in the blank. The things that cause people to feel like, and feel is an important word also here in kind of a contrast, that I am feeling like God loves me or people have different ways of describing that question. I don't know if you have ever had those questions come at you from someone or even the questions that we ask in our own in our own minds but so you know sometimes it's because a person's going through a real uncertain time in their life mm-hmm. and they feel like man it just feels like that god has abandoned me you know so that causes this question to come up sometimes it is that they really did something dramatically drastically against their conscience and they are very insecure then what that means about are they still connected to god Um, You know, so anyway, and then sometimes people who are really conscientious in trying to grow in the Christian life will feel like they had a major moral lapse or even what in the eyes of some other people would be a minor lapse Mm -hmm. of some type of behavior, even to the fact of like just an outburst of anger and, and that they just know that they just crushed that person that they love and then they feel horrible as a person and so they think since I feel horrible as a person obviously God thinks I'm a horrible person too and so then am I even does he even want me in heaven kind of things and so all of those I think drive the questions that I've heard through the years on that well I think also it comes from how you were raised and you know what kind of church you were raised in because that's what I was taught, and maybe I misunderstood what I was taught, but that, you know, when you gave your life to Jesus and got baptized, then all your past sins were washed away. But then the rest of your life, you have to, if you don't, if you sin and you don't ask for forgiveness, then you're not forgiven of that sin ever. And if you do enough of that, then boom, you're lost, you know, you... um well, you know what I mean, Tony, because when sure we got do. married, you were shocked at what my belief was. And that was even after I'd been at Bible college for three years that I right. hadn't learned differently from that. Not because of the Bible college, yeah. but because of what was in my head and my heart. Right. And I appreciate you mentioned that because I think that drives us a lot. Mm-hmm. And that and that is the challenge in, in a lot of our topics in podcasts. But this one is even as much strong as that. It's one thing to... Have someone tell you that, 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 here's the explanation of why, So this, which is what we're going to try to do in this podcast. <laughs> and then to another thing to actually embrace it and absorb it into our hearts and actually live it. Really believe it enough that we're living that way. 
So I think this is this topic. Some of our listeners may go, uh, not an issue to me. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to go ahead and listen to this podcast because this is a very reoccurring thing. And the truth is, it's transferable to our uh, relationships with people. Okay. Does this person still love me even when I failed them mm. in a, some some way? I think that it's transferable, but we are going to focus in on our relationship, our connectedness to God on this podcast. I kind of want to read, I want to go ahead and read um, from 1 John 3, uh, 19 to 23. And many of who listen to our previous podcast will know, oh, good grief, 1 John again. Tony's always talking about 1 John. <laughs> but it is a good kind of uh, springboard to this conversation. So let me just read. It says, this is how we know. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. This, this is the topic we're talking about. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So we're affirming some things that we, if we don't believe this about God, that we're going to struggle with this. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And that is a deal. I, this, this conversation today, we want to move people away from this self-condemnation that's going on in their heart. And so confidence before God, we re, and we receive from him anything we ask. It's almost like, and by the way, this sets you in a very strong connectedness to God because when we talk to God and we ask for things, we receive from him what we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And we go, oh, that's a downer. Oh, do I actually keep his commands? Do I actually do what pleases him? So here's this back and forth within this. this, And then verse 23, as it wraps up, and this is his command. And so this is like, and I've got it in my notes, it's highlighted because we hear that, you know, well, we know we got it if we're doing things right. And that just doesn't feel, that still doesn't give us much assurance. Yeah, because we keep not doing things right. Exactly. But then we, so we get, the per, a person will get focused on that statement, and then as they're reading their Bible, you know, mm-hmm. verse 23 doesn't even stand out. But I would say that verse 23 is the one that should stand out, which says this. And this is his commandment. In other words, this is the thing that matters. And what does it say? To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So that is this, this unique, all-in faith, entrusting Jesus, and... To love one another as he commanded us. And so our assurance is grounded in our faith in Jesus and our movement toward loving the people around us. That should bring us some assurance. So that's kind of where we want to go with this. And so um, it's obvious then that the very first thing about this is it's, it's first and foremost a faith issue. It is a question of faith. Who do I trust? What do I believe? Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, or that he is, as the older translations say, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So this is the first assurance question that I have. A person listening can say, Okay, here's my first question. What's my answer? Do I believe in the existence of God and that God rewards and that I'm earnestly seeking him? And when it says that, that is a tricky thing, and the rewards is the word that the NIV uses, and some of the other translations do something similar. And yes, that is it. But really, I think the bigger, the thing that we are being encouraged to grab a hold of is, do I believe that God can personally interact with me? Mm. 
That would be the reward. In other words, I am reaching out to him. Notice what it says, that I am earnestly seeking him and that the he reciprocates, which right. re- implies the personal relationship part, that it's not just... I think this is the burden that people carry is that I'm trying to have this personal relationship with God and it doesn't seem like God is reciprocating. And it may be just simply that we're missing what God is reciprocating back to us. Well, and don't you think some, it's easy to slip into thinking that, okay, if I earnestly seek him, then he's going to give, give me whatever, reward me with whatever I ask for. So you ask for something that doesn't happen. Well, then I... Yeah. You start questioning. Well, the word reward is a very different word than yes. reciprocate and, in the way you... And so as you were saying that, and I'm trying to remember exactly how you said that, but that the reward is knowing in your heart and fe- and having that close relationship with God, knowing your, um, you can interact with Him, um, and that if you seek Him... You're going to find him. It's not that you're asking for something, and if he doesn't give it, then, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of muddling that. But Well, I, the thing is that I think many people are muddling this, and that's part of the weakness. It's like when, you're, um, we, <laughs> when we were backpacking as kids, <laughs> and the reward for getting to the top of the mountain is getting to the top of the mountain, not a medal or a ribbon good point yes so, so was it easier after your uncle dick gave you guys those medals for that big hike you had to do because your dad made you go oh no the hike, the hike was the reward <laughs> he, his face does not look like he's earnestly <laughs> believing that <laughs> i i like your your uh analogy there micah it is it is good it's even more so that and you think about let's just think about backpacking is a journey mm-hmm and it is the reward of just being with someone else on the journey. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, God's... That's the trick about taking a verse like out of this Hebrews eleven six and trying to let it equal what we think of as rewards. Because the bigger picture is that God wants to have a loving, a love relationship with people. And that relationship is the reward. Right. The reward is... Things working the way they're supposed to. Well, and even when they're not working when or they're design. supposed to, yeah. that we are not alone. That we're... So that's what we need to see partly from this is that the reward is not getting the things I want, getting healed, getting whatever. It's getting clo- having a closer relationship with God. Right. And so it's always first. And so what I, the, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of putting this in front of us as it's our first assurance question. And it is, what am I believing about God? Hmm. And in this day and time, there's a lot of alternative views about the higher power or even just the, the, the spirit. Mm-hmm. And there, there's more of a interplay and some of it's positive interplay of various cultural views about God. And so that we have to kind of sift that out and go, what are the core things that the prophets of the Old Testament and then the apostles and prophets of the New Testament reveal to us about the core essence of God? And this and is so, one of those spots. And so that, that struggle to learn that is the earnestly seeking. I think so. Yes. It's sift. It's kind of like 
continuing to walk forward through the fog, believing that God is with us, even when we don't see him, but even more so that mm. there is there is a milestone in front of us. Yeah. The destination ultimate. Because that's, even, cause that's what I was just thinking, the, maybe the downfall of the climbing the mountain thing, this would be kind of a climbing a never-ending mountain where um, it's not a destination. You never find everything of like it's not like you're he's hiding sorry i was just using batteries to and you can't see that he's hiding somewhere so you're seeking him it's seeking him in a way that you like try to understand like all of music you were seeking more understanding of music theory all that kind of stuff but you're never going to know all of it so you seek god but you don't ever know all of him but the more you seek him the more you're rewarded with a relationship with him. Yeah? Yes, I, 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 I like that. I mean, that's, I think that resonates with a lot. I mean, in my mind it is. I think that's a great way to think about it. I might just add on top of that, let's, let's make sure we're remembering the nature of God mm-hmm. and that he is, he is infinite. Yeah. And also that this lifetime is not the end of right. seeking this infinite growing relationship with God. Uh, and we did we did a podcast on the nature of God, right? Yes. Like in season one? Yes, or two. I don't remember okay. which season it is now. Pandemic of 2020 kind uh, of uh, clouds yeah. the memory a little well, bit. We will try to, in the uh, description of this episode, we'll try to put a, a link to that one for a little more on that. Yeah, that would be great. So just to kind of like touch on that just a tad bit more, if we see that this lifetime whether it's short or long, mm-hmm. and whether it is very full of troubles or somewhat trouble-free, because people live both kinds of lives, mm-hmm. and we get a little bit annoyed about that if we are on the trouble side. But if we realize that this lifetime, our seeking God does not end with our death. Right. Death is a transition into an eternity an eternal existence with God where we continue to seek God and to grow in experience. I even want to avoid the word know, Mm -hmm. although the Greek word gnosko know actually means experience, just to kind of point that out, that our growing experience with God will never end. And so then you think about that, and this is not the point of this podcast, but there will always be a new experience in heaven. And so when people think about, well, once you get to heaven, you're sitting there singing songs with the angels playing harps. I mean, how much do you really want of that? Yeah. And and sitting in pews, I used to think (laughs) as a a kid. And this is the forever experience. Uh, Okay, maybe. But it is actually this continuing growing experience with God. And then again, another sidebar is with other people. Mm -hmm. And with the new earth. Right. I mean, really, there'll yes. always be things to learn and yeah. grow. And, yeah. Hmm. So kind of to bring it back to our focus for this podcast, assurance is this bigger, as big a possible view of God from his prophets and apostles helps us with assurance because we begin to realize that the nature of God mm-hmm. is not to find reasons to hate us. He is trying to give us every opportunity to know him Mm -hmm. in a growing way. So 
again, just to remind, you know, just the basics of faith is, you know, basically uh, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 is a, is a, it's a great long time passage that just reminds us that if we declare with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And so, again, it's just a simple, have I said that Jesus is my Lord? It doesn't matter if it's to one person or to 10,000. Who cares? That's not the issue. And then the other part is, do I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, which identifies Jesus as a very unique, one-of-a-kind being on the history of the planet? Those are the two questions. And I know that that's not a given for everybody who might listen to the podcast, but that's where we're coming from about this assurance that we are in this relationship with God, is that it is grounded in this uh, uh, attaching ourselves, uh, aligning ourselves with Jesus as our ultimate authority. Hmm. So I've got a second assurance question for us, which is a springboard off of that Romans passage. Do I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? This is a simple yes or no, although I do realize that... um, we sometimes can define raising from the dead differently. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and I'm not going to say this is like an absolute truth for everybody who might listen to the podcast around the world, but I, it's my conviction that this is talking about the physical, actual, bodily resurrection of the dead body of Jesus from being killed on the cross and being dead long enough in a grave that it's established that he actually was dead and that he came back to life with a not just simply a rejuvenated body, but a body that eventually becomes eternal and celestial. We, I have no idea what that is. But so that's my definition of raised from the dead. So that's my, that, that is part of the ground of our assurance. That, so that talking, that assurance question is, do I believe that Jesus came back from the dead, that God raised him from the dead? And so then that backwards, my faith has been expressed with that declaration that Jesus, that this tells me that Jesus is Lord, ultimate authority. So that's that part. Let's go into a second thought because we talk about it's first of all a faith question. Second is in relationship to that first John passage that we read is, am I expressing my faith through love? Mm. Um. <clears throat> Galatians 5, 6 says, I like it in the NIV, says there's the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I don't think I've ever noticed that verse. I, I think it is one of those lesser known, and good grief, talk about a tweetable statement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, way to go, Apostle Paul. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Mm-hmm. And that's going to guide us to this rest of this conversation about assurance. Um, and then, so then we only still have to go through that filter. Is there a specific Greek word for love that that one's using? Um, I'm sure it's agape. I, I'm sure it is. Which is the ultimate, uh, most idealistic, selfless. I, selfless, I am doing what's best for you regardless of any return. In fact, without any promise of return. So this is not family love, right. and I think that we sometimes well, and family love is a good like trainer wheel kind training kind mm-hmm. of for this ultimate love, because family love is a, is great. Yeah, but family love is 
typically reciprocal. Yeah. It's typically... There is reward there. Yes. Not always, depending on your family, but often. I think that's at least always the initial expectation. Mm-hmm. So this is... Uh, the Mom, could you read the beginning of that verse first again? The Galatians 5? Mm-hmm. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. So the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in Truth. selfless mm-hmm. love without expectation of return. Right. Now Not quite as tweetable. No. But. but that's a tall order, and it also then sets us on a path, which again, I know, could actually not help a person in their assurance. Mm-hmm. Well, am I really being selfless? You know, right. I mean, there's a percentage. And again, we covered that in a podcast. I that one was season one, episode two. Oh wow! What is sin? Uh, I was just talking about someone the other day, so I looked it up. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So if you want to know more about that, check out that episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ephesians four fifteen kind of says a similar thing. Instead of instead of uh, this tit for tat kind of behavior. Instead of this anger kind of behavior, which is what the context of of Ephesians 4 is, instead we speak the truth in love. And so love is contrasted with anger, revenge, malice. So it's contrasted to that in this Ephesians passage. Or pride, arrogance. Pride, yeah. But it's more of that kind of emotional. Right. Yeah. That kind of like, I am going to defend my turf. I am going to, I'm going to be angry at you and I'm going to get back at you hmm. thing. And so instead of that kind of approach to life, it is speaking the, tr- the truth in love instead of speaking the truth in anger, revenge, sarcasm. Put any word Oops. in there, judging. Judging. And if, I think if there's a, uh, what I want to say, I don't know. Bad habit is the most mild way to say it. There is this, this ridiculous, almost one-upmanship in American culture right now that is, how can I zing you with the most hurtful little phrase that I can throw at you? What do you banter? Yes. And it moved from banter to crush. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I believe that as people who are trying to learn what it means that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love, have to then look at this and go that when I speak the truth, it is in love. Mm -hmm. In other words, it is for that person's best interest. And so, again, sometimes I overdo this, but those who know me personally will, I think, recognize that sometimes... I try to figure out the way to say something that is most likely to lodge a little tiny seed in that person that if I really just gave them the flat out, you know, you just need to hear the truth and here's Mm -hmm. the truth about you and just try to crush them or even just try to reprimand them. Instead, I'm looking for ways for a person to actually have a seed of truth in them that begins to grow to a realization of what they need to discover about themselves. Yeah, because I I think some people would look this as the, uh, that, well, I'll just use the tough love approach, which I think often will then just close the person off more. Um, Especially if you don't have any sort of relationship with that person. Because tough love kind of 
you need to know the person loves you already. Otherwise, it's just being kind of mean or something. But yeah, that tough love approach, I think, feels really good mm -hmm. for you when you're doing it because you just feel superior with it. But <laughs> in the end, you're not really it, it's then it becomes about you feeling better about being above this person than about them actually having a chance to learn from you or hear something, you know. I love it. I, I appreciate how you've put that together. I think that that's the core of this. And so that's that kind of second area of assurance is understanding what it, uh, pursuing a lifestyle that is, um, that my faith is being expressed through love, that I speak the truth in love, which kind of moves us into kind of a, a third thing to think about. And that is, it's almost like a way to picture this. And we have this phrase, be like Jesus, um, in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John, I'm sorry, folks. That's, you know, there's just so much great stuff in 1 John. It, tell, it encourages us that we who uh, claim to be part of Jesus' family, part of his circle, is that one of the measurements is that we walk just as he walked. The lifestyle thing. And the lifestyle is loving people. I mean, just think in terms of you read an obituary and what can rise to the top in someone's, when someone else is trying to describe that person as a final statement about what that person was like, I know we don't typically see an obituary that says they walked like Jesus walked, but they will say, this was the most loving person that I knew. And then they'll often give an example of a life experience with that person. First uh, John 2.10 says, if anyone loves their brother and sister, they live in the light and there's nothing in them that causes them to stumble. And this stumbling is what I think we're talking about, the opposite of assurance. When a person's assurance, a sense of really being connected with God begins to wane, they begin to stumble. So the lack of love moves us to a susceptibility of misspeaking, misstepping, stumbling. And I personally, I mean, for myself, I think about that. That's one of the ways that I know that if I've and moving through a day and I go, oh man, why did I say that? My evaluative point is, okay, I'm struggling with my, with my real desire to selflessly love another person. So there's another passage. And saying, if you wouldn't mind reading that First Peter 1. Yay, First Peter 1 instead of First John. <laughs> there we go. Way to go. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Now that is feels a bit uh, like a uh, Sunday school lesson kind of verse. It feels a bit like, okay, whatever, you know. But if we listen to it evaluatively, as these kind of markers together about faith expressing itself through love, and that if I'm struggling in love, I'm going to begin to stumble and misstep and misspeak and not really be at the best that I want to be, it tells us that there's this process of experience, which is we purify ourselves by obeying the Word. So we, we want to study the Bible so that we have a better picture of what love is. But along with that is that we have the goal of knowing the Bible. Mm -hmm. 
One is to know God. The second one then is you, when we focus on obeying the word, the truth, we have a sincere love for each other. And the uh, sincere, Greek is so wonderful. It's the unhypocritical. Mm-hmm. That is, it's not two-faced. <laughs> oh my gosh. So these are big standards. So we're talking about assurance. Mm-hmm. And so if my assurance, the my day-by-day, day, almost like hour-by-hour hour check on my assurance is that, oh wow, I just really mistreated that person. Or I... I am trying to manipulate that person with this loving action, but it's actually insincere. It's hypocritical because I actually am trying to get them to do what I want them to do for me or for someone else. Then it's like, okay, those are one of those moments in a day that a person should just pause and say, okay, mm-hmm. God, <laughs> you are God. You are, you are the one that I am pursuing. Help me to, to just get this deck cleared right now. However you want to describe that. Let me let me clean off this counter yeah. of my life at this moment and quit being this way. So sort of your um, barometer, is that the right word? Yeah, that's a good word. The barometer of this is your selfless love. Yes. How that's being expressed. That's yeah. how you can kind of check and see where you're at. Yeah, where your I heart think so. is. Yeah. And again, in this conversation about assurance, we have said nothing about that. The only way to get to heaven is you have to love everybody around you. No, that is an expression. That's a barometer. And I like that. Rather than, it's not, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the source. It is, it is the reading. Right. And we get really, it's easy. I think it's just going to be everybody. I think anybody listening is going to always struggle with sometimes getting things turned around that. Well, if I'm not loving to people, then I'm obviously not saved. That's not what this is saying. The barometer is a check on, okay, I need to clean things up. Because this passage in 1 Peter says, um, you have purified yourselves, which is not, there's not a lot of places that it says that in the New Testament. Often it tells us that it's the Spirit that purifies us Mm -hmm. or that Jesus that purifies us. So there's this kind of like, pause for a moment, uh, wash your hands of that little past behavior yeah. that you just did. Because this, tie, this ties right to the uh, metaphor, or par- not a parable, but a metaphor of the, uh, you know, y- y- you know a plant by its fruit that Jesus used. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that fruit is kind of selfless love. Yes. Or at least one of them. Yeah, well, it maybe is the biggest description of healthy fruit. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's the others, but yeah, that's... So yeah, it's a, it, it is not, I guess it's not necessary, it's not exactly, you're striving to know God, and the question is, um, how do you know if you're right with God? So it's not like you're technically striving to be selfless, but striving to know God makes you be selfless. I think so. Yes. And so the question is not, oh, I need to make myself be more loving. The question is, okay, God, I need to get reconnect. I need to clear the fog between myself and you. Right. And sometimes it's just simply a prayer that just says, okay, God, clear this fog out. I am, I've lost sight of you for this moment. Mm-hmm. And I need, I need to, I am reaffirming that I believe in you. Mm-hmm. So like, if you look at it, like knowing God as a journey, let's just go with a car one instead of a mountain this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you're following this path, trying to know God better, then kind of when you check the map, looking at landmarks and stuff like that, those landmarks are the selflessness. That's how you're kind of orienting, like, am I doing this correctly? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I mean, we have to grow in the ability to be honest with ourselves, Mm -hmm. to have good self-knowledge. But that's, you know, that's a different day for our podcast. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So I kind of want to move toward kind of landing this. And I kind of want to take a journey a little bit through the little epistle by Paul that's called Colossians. And Sandy, if you wouldn't mind jumping in and reading that chapter two, verses two and three, because we're going to kind of go through a, a sequence here. Okay. My goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So that's a great promise, but it is t- it, this journey is that we are moving to know this mystery, which again, just to clarify, mystery means we don't know it unless it's been told to us, revealed. Mystery is not, we, none of us can figure out the answer to a biblical mystery. The mysterion, which is the Greek word, kind of handy that it sounds like the English word. That, that sounds like an X-Men villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is, and I think this is, this would be another podcast, but it's like, I sense in modern culture that people want to be exclusive in being able to figure out mysteries. Right. It would be the first. Yes. And the only, in some cases. Mm-hmm. And then the controller of it and the one that can market it, mm-hmm. the answer to this oh, yes, mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that biblically, New Testament, mystery means no one is going to figure it out. No one can figure it out. It can only be revealed. Mm. And so it's revealed through the writings of the apostles, or it's revealed by the Holy Spirit to a person. And you cannot figure it out right that's the mm. definition of mystery yeah. so i that's think how, oh. you first i just gonna say that's how you end up with these big tomes of somebody telling how they figured out something <laughs> <laughs> which if you don't know what a tome is it's a big huge book <laughs> i think and that kind of speaks to like why i think some some reason why some people or you know, probably all of us have a drive to have that like being the first one to figure it out because then we want to be the one that can be in that position of reveal. Right. Yeah, that's Which true. feeds our ego. Ego. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so moving on, because this is, I mean, mm-hmm. it's intriguing in itself, but then to move on and to then just a handful of sentences before that, the Apostle Paul wrote this in Colossians one twenty seven, And Sandy, again, if you wouldn't mind just kind of reading that one for us. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so guess what? At least in the context of Colossians, Paul has just revealed to us what the mystery is. Mm. The mystery is Christ inside of you. Wow. That's the mystery. So we, So people can quit trying to figure out what mystery is in Colossians. Mystery is... This amazingness that God, in the person of the Son of God, and then if we get into the old Trinity thing, the, mm. the Holy Spirit as a representative or as a you know co-companion of the of Jesus in our inside of inside of our existence, inside of our being, mm. 
mm-hmm. is in us. And the, that is the hope for the future. And so when we talk about experiencing God, we often think in terms of, I am walking beside Jesus. We walk as Jesus walked. Mm-hmm. But really, the mystery is that it's actually God within us. Not that I ever become God, but that God is my constant, intimate companion. And that's where we want to get. And I know that in this conversation about assurance, I just want to paint that picture that that's that's a legitimate expectation that every Christ follower should have, is the expectation of the assurance that he's within us, and second, that that affirms that he's going to be our constant companion. And so in answer to our question, how can I be sure that I'm saved? How can I be sure that I'm going to heaven? How can I be sure that I know God? The answer to that is one, what's my faith? What am I believing about God? And the second part is, is is this making me a more selfless, loving person? That should be those milestones, those those landmarks, as you were pointing out. And so, so the then, answers to that are actually questions. Because <laughs> you said, you know, it's here's the answer to that, and then it ends up being two questions. <laughs> I just thought that oh, was interesting. You. So, would you like to answer those questions? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, so what am I believing about what I understand? I believe that God exists and that He ha- He can interact with me. Mm-hmm. Second is. Is this assurance showing up in my love through actions toward others? Maybe everybody needs to send out a survey to their closest friends and family and say, so, am I behaving lovingly? And of course, that's and, assuming a lot of honesty. Yeah, rate this from one, two, four. Yes. <laughs> Pin it on your neighbor's door. Uh-huh. Oh, no, don't do that. So, to wrap up, yes, I want to look at one more passage about what it means to be a group of people that love, because I don't believe, this is my personal conviction, I can't really evaluate my own loving actions. I need to have a community that helps me evaluate that. Yeah, okay. And so, in my community, that's the church, and every Christ follower that should be some type of defined church, some type of identifiable church. Doesn't have to be traditional church, but just mm-hmm. identifiable. And so in First Timothy uh, chapter 1, 5 to 7, and we're actually going to do a podcast on that on a, kind of a different topic, but I kind of want to just walk this way through this really quick because that, and I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to kind of give a tease on this, mm-hmm. but that is that this scripture tells us that <clears throat> we teach the Bible. We have this podcast to help people love God and to love other people. Mm-hmm. But just harping at somebody saying, you got to love everybody doesn't make people more loving. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, think about the hilarity of telling a small child they got to love their classmate that's annoying to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this passage tells us that love results from a clear instruction about the grace of Jesus, about this, this gift of Jesus. And in fact, the phrase in that First Timothy passage says this, Our goal, the goal of our instruction, is love that comes from or issues, pours out from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That should be the goal of the instruction. I can't, 
the goal is love, but the love comes as I help others and as you and I help anybody else to evaluate in themselves the purity of their heart, which is like just, you know, am I, if I got mixed motives? And so it's always an evaluative thing, but it's always a growth area. The good conscience, which is just healthy. We had the whole podcast on conscience. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one to refer to in that. And a sincere faith, which is unhypocritical faith. And we talked about that a little bit already. And so then this is deeper than a motivation for a person to just say, oh, I just, I just want to be the most loving person that I can be. It's really not that. It is the fact that I know that I'm totally dependent on the power of God for this expression of love as a result of my faith in him. Faith expressing itself in love. It's not love that proves my faith. It, we have to keep that arrow going the right direction. And mm-hmm. so when I'm not being loving, I have to go back to talking to God about my faith in him. Not about God, oh, forgive me for being so unloving, which is a good prayer to pray, but then to not go, so make me more loving. That is actually, if you think about it, I'm trying to ask God to make me look wonderful by making me a more loving person rather than going back and say, God, if my love doesn't flow from you, I am hopeless. Mm -hmm. There's not a chance here that this will ever happen. So it brings us back to that experience with God. So if a person tries to gain the ability to love and even to gain this absolute sense of always having assurance, then this kind of love will never be attained. We are short, we are, we're chopping up this, this flow from God in our lives. And that love should flow as a natural spring from our faith in God and our faith in the Son of God. If you have any questions, just email us at nogod at tonykafka.com. That's K-N-O-W-G-O-D at T-O-N-Y-K-A-F-K-A dot com. <laughs>